Dave Wilson, you are coming to us from Texas, the birthplace of the vaunted air raid offense, a system invented by Hal Mummy, but perfected by the late Mike Leach. And as we are about to start the college bowl season, I want to ask you about this play that Texas Tech ran to start the Texas Bowl against Ole Miss last December. And now Texas Tech on its first play from scrimmage, Dre. How about this? Yeah. Honoring the late Mike Leach, head coach in Lubbock. From 2000 to 2009, he passed away earlier this month. You see the wide splits on the offensive line. That's, that's what his offense did. What was the significance of that play? Well, Mike Leach is, uh, you know, beloved in West Texas for what he did for Texas Tech. Became the winningest coach in school history all by uh, doing things in a very, uh, <laughs> I guess, non-traditional manner. So after uh, Coach Leach died last year, uh, Texas Tech decided to honor him one more time on the field. Very cool moment. So as bowl season starts here in college football, are we going to see signs of the air raid offense anywhere? I think you're going to see it everywhere. It permeated all levels of football, um, starting at the high school level and kind of moving up rather than the old school where things started in the NFL and moved down. Um, but, you know, you can think back just a few years ago to that year, 2011, when Alabama and LSU played to a 9-6 to game in the regular season and then played a 21 to nothing game in the national championship game in the BCS. Jim McElwain calling the plays, hammering away at the clock right now. And Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. How about that? Finally, a touchdown between these two. Things have changed dramatically since then. I think a lot of it has to do with sort of these air raid principles sort of uh, making their way throughout the sport. You know, Nick Saban famously said, is this what we want football to be? And when it didn't change, he decided to adopt um, the same principles. And all of a sudden now you've got uh, four teams in the playoff that throw the ball around quite a bit, um, none more than Washington. To be clear, for those that don't understand the chalk talk, what was this offense and this concept able to accomplish? It took... Uh, football really down to the most simplistic level. I mean, you're talking a handful of plays, uh, practiced uh, hundreds, if not thousands of times until they became perfect. Uh, It's not dependent on what the defense does. It really was just throw it to the open receiver and don't overthink it. And what it did was revolutionize football across, across all levels. It revolutionized not just how they played, but what types of players played too, right? Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, there's guys like uh, Wes Welker become superstars, 5'9 slot receivers. Um, You know, Baker Mayfield is a walk-on that won the Heisman running the air raid. Kyler Murray, uh, you know, pretty pretty small in stature, became a star in the air raid. He won a Heisman also. Really, at its root, the concept was just actually to take something that people had made very important and just make football fun. Ground and pound. That's what's defined college football offenses for the first 100 years the game was played. But then a coach named Hal Mummy hooked up with some lawyer from L.A. named Mike Leach and everything changed. Playbooks were tossed, passes were thrown, records were broken, 
and the air raid offense was born. Now everyone from your local high school QB to Patrick Mahomes is executing some version of this on game day. And when it's done right, man, is it fun to watch. So today, Dave Wilson delivers the origin story of this innovative offense and tells us how this once taboo concept changed the game of football forever. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. It's Wednesday, December 13th. This is ESPN Daily. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So, Dave, before we go anywhere, for football Luddites, positionally, please tell us exactly what the Air Raid is. The Air Raid is a very small collection of basic uh, plays, most of them passing. It was based on a shotgun offense with four or five wide receivers, really to allow them to just see the entire field and spread the field and, and move the ball anywhere at any play. And they have to do with more short, intermediate crossing routes, ways to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly, ways to spread the ball out in space. And then once you do that, then it opens up running games. It's, a, it's an offense that's designed to pass to set up the run rather than the other way around. And um, it really just was designed to use the entire field, which really hadn't been done uh, that often. So... Let's get to the origin story of this offensive superhero. Where did this all start? So it started in Copper's Cove, Texas, uh, where Hal Mummy went to become a high school coach. He had been an assistant at West Texas State and at UTEP for a, for a running team. And, and very few occasions, he got an opportunity to throw the ball. And, uh, and anytime he did, he found it to be exciting and to be more successful. And so he decided if he was ever going to get a chance to do it his way, he was going to go all in. So after they got fired at UTEP, he went to BYU. He studied every passing play that Lavelle Edwards had ever called and reduced the ones that he saw that worked against any defense to a really small collection and then became a high school coach where he could do it his way. It's not often that we're going back to high school to get into the background of a coach. And it's worth pointing out that this is happening in the 70s and 80s. Mummy took the Copper's Cove job in 1986. I was five years old. So what made the concept of using the whole field seem so crazy at the time? So Hal said that when he, you could walk onto any practice field in Texas and see a bare spot on about the 20-yard line where all, that's the only spot the defense ever had to, had to practice. 
And so he just took that as like, no one's ever made them do it any different and I'm going to, and they didn't like it. When he got to Copper's Cove, he said that he was startled to find out that probably the four or five best athletes in school didn't want to play football. This was the early days of Michael Jordan in Chicago. The NBA was taking uh, the country by storm and kids wanted to play basketball and they didn't want to play football. And I asked him why and he said, because all our generation's coaches had fought in World War II and they were determined to make us relive it and practice every day. Part of the reason why folks didn't love throwing the ball around in many ways, still don't at the lower levels, is because of the risk factor, no? Correct. I mean, Copper's Cove is about 60 miles away from Texas, where Daryl Royal had said, when you throw the ball, three things can happen, two of them are bad. And uh, that was sort of the prevailing wisdom for years um, in football, those that you could control the game on the ground, and that's what you wanted to do. It's crazy. You look back at old Heisman Trophy winners, and they're all running backs. It's all they ever did was run the ball up the gut all the time, and it shows in the award winners. But when did everything really start to click for Mummy and his new offense? After a few years in Copper's Cove, when they thought they got it dialed in, he wanted to, to try it at the college level. And the only place he could find a job was in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, at a little school called Iowa Wesleyan that was playing NAIA football. And so he took the job and took his quarterback from Copper's Cove to go sort of help him. And, and people talk about Colorado and the makeover they had uh, with Deion Sanders with 80-something new players. They had three players on the team after Mummy arrived, and they had to completely uh, start this thing from scratch. And so after a couple of years and a new offensive coordinator that he found that was a, uh, a lawyer in L.A. named Mike Leach, um, who was one of two candidates for the job, uh, they all of a sudden this thing took off and Leach started sending out press releases to national newspapers about this this high-flying offense in Iowa called the Air Raid. With all due respect to the late great, I imagine if you got a letter from a guy in Los Angeles named Mike Leach, you wouldn't exactly be the most trusting of said individual based on stereotypes. But how quickly did this work? It worked pretty quickly and no one had ever seen anything like it. You know, and And that was the one knock on it was that people didn't believe at every level, they didn't believe it could work at the next level or at the higher level within that level. And so all of a sudden, they were setting all these records across the country and people started noticing in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, what was going on there. Um, and so they got a call from Valdosta State in Georgia, which was a small school power. And um, and they brought it there and they did the same thing. And they won won all these awards, and their their quarterback, Chris Hatcher, won the Harlan Hill Award, which is the D2 Heisman. Hatcher's in the gun. Have two receivers on the left. Looking to throw deep into the end zone. Robert Williams, wide open, touchdown! And all of a sudden, uh, people started really paying attention. So it's December 1996 now. Mummy has had about seven seasons to refine his system at the collegiate level, finding success first at Iowa Wesleyan and then at Valdosta State. What happened next? Kentucky called, and you all of a sudden now, you had everyone saying there's no way that this gimmick offense was going to work in the SEC. And it was a mixed bag for sure, uh, but you're playing at Kentucky, and Kentucky wanted to sort of match the enthusiasm that their fans had for basketball and basically wanted basketball on grass. And so they were the, the ultimate school to give them a chance to take it to the highest level. And, you know, pretty soon they beat 
Alabama, which is still the only time in the past 100 years that Kentucky has beat Alabama in football. And Tim Couch turned to the number one pick in the draft. Couch to the air. Caught by East. Touchdown, Kentucky wins. The Kentucky Wildcats have defeated Alabama for only the second time in history. In overtime. Practically, what makes this concept so unique as an offense? It's because it's at its root, it's just the simplest thing you can imagine. And no one believes how simple it is. Um, coaches would tell me that they would, uh, people would want to come see what they were doing. Um, Sonny Dykes told me when they were at Texas Tech, high school coaches would want to come learn it. And they would sh- open their books, open their doors, open the film room, show them everything they wanted. And they still didn't believe that's all there was to it. Did other coaches then try to steal this concept if it was so easy? I think it wasn't so much steel. They just couldn't believe that this is all there was and that it would work. The proof came that it worked. You know, it really spread like crazy. I think Cliff Kingsbury said a few years ago that he thinks that 75% of the high schools in Texas now run the air raid. The real break came when Bob Stoops, who was Steve Spurrier's defensive coordinator at Florida, had trouble defending Kentucky despite an obvious talent advantage. And so he decided if he was ever going to get a head coaching job, he would want to pair that offense with what he did on defense. So when he got to Oklahoma and he hired Mike Leach, that's exactly what they did. And a year later, they won a national championship. It's called the Air Raid as its origin, but I've heard so many different names that basically felt like the same thing. You mentioned Florida, the fun and gun comes to mind. Are there some other names of some Air Raid-esque offenses that have come up through the years that you can remember or other people, listeners might remember? Yeah, I think the the run and shoot was the real big one for a while. You know, you had Houston running it with Andre Ware winning a Heisman and David Klingler setting records. Pressure on Ware, throws the ball, touchdown, Phillips. You know, and it spread to the NFL too, but you know, Mummy ran the run and shoot before this, and it's sort of similar to the fun and gun, um, where it was a little more complicated, and you had to have a little higher level of, of um, athlete to do it. He realized the limitations of it when he was a high school coach and, uh, and decided he was going to eliminate those by running a lot of shorter crossing routes, a lot of um, uh, quicker passes, and that it sort of took the best of those things and boiled it down to, to a much more uh, simplified style. You know, there's a there's an old line of advice that multiple coaches have mentioned about that Tom Osborne always gave young coaches that when things got hard or when things weren't working, to get out your eraser and not your pencil. And that's really what the air raid was all about. Simplifying it, take, getting rid of anything that was complicated and just boiling down to the simplest essence you could find. Up next, determining the legacy of this offensive innovation. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Dave, what is the future of the air raid offense? The future is really there's an entire generation of coaches and players now that are growing up in this in this style of offense, and you're seeing it spread into new places. You know, when Tom Brady was was playing for the Patriots, they would call down to Mississippi State for Leach's game film, and you start seeing them spread it out. Even before then, Patrick Mahomes is a is a kid who's a product of the air raid in Texas, both in high school and college. The NFL adapted to him rather than vice versa. And so you're seeing it at the highest level, but you're also seeing it spread in new places. Like this year, Wisconsin and Purdue both hired air raid offensive coordinators, and they struggled with it. But that's the first time, really, that the air raid has has sort of invaded the Big Ten. And so there's still places that it hasn't gone, and there's still places that it hasn't worked. It just continues to evolve and thrive. And the basic premise of the air raid is that it's a way of thinking. It's not a it's not a set routine of plays. Everyone does what their own thing. They all say Mike Leach is still the only one that was running the basic 101 air raid. Everyone else, like Lincoln Riley with his running game, uh, play people like that, put all their own touches on it. Mike Leach, one of the greatest characters we've had in our lives in college football. He passed away a year ago this month, but it's safe to say the air raid did not pass along with him. No, and I think that's what... What Mike Leach brought to it was a fearlessness. That's the true undercurrent of the air raid is just belief in what you do. And um, and he never changed. And it, it, it worked at all these different places that hadn't won before, really, at that level. I will ask you this. Not what you think the best air raid offense ever was, but what was your favorite? You know, I don't know that it was a true air raid, but I used to get calls and texts from coaches in 2019 from coaches that would say, you know, we always wondered what LSU would look like with all that talent if they ran our offense. And the Joe Brady 2019 team with with all those guys and Joe Burrow came the closest to it. And they all said, look, this is what exactly what we wondered. And now it's like the greatest offense in college football history. Burrow's got time. Launching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown. Terrence Marshall. And so I think that one was a really fun one for the proof of concept. If you had elite skill position talent and this very simple, simplistic approach, what could, what could happen? And it was, uh, it was a beauty to watch. I must ask you, though, Dave, there are people that think that the air raid has, I don't want to say diluted football, but it is everywhere. It is rampant. And there is something about it that feels still, for people that don't really know what they're doing, a touch gimmicky in your personal preference. Do you think the air raid has perhaps over-indexed on football? Or what do you think about that influence right now? I think the challenge, obviously, is that no one, there hasn't been a great defense alongside an air raid team yet. And I think 
once they figure out how to mesh those two together, um, for the most part, it's almost like a moneyball approach for people that didn't have the talent or the scheme. You see TCU last year take a five and seven team, hire an air raid coach and come in and make it to the national championship game. But there's still, even at Oklahoma this year, you see the defense was a struggle. You've seen that across places. So that's still the sort of final um, frontier there is once people figure out how to play great defense alongside it, then you're really going to have something that almost like those Oklahoma teams did. How Mummy invented it, Mike Leach perfected it. Is it safe to say the Air Raid has had the greatest influence on college football in the 21st century? I think no doubt. I mean, if you look at you look at the way offenses have evolved, you look at teams like Georgia and Alabama and that are traditionally ground and pound teams that are um, you know throwing for 300, 400 yards a game all the time now. I think it's completely upended football, and I think it's only going to keep evolving from there. Some of us, it's pretty much all we know of football. Make football fun again. Thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.